Welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast answering questions asked by our listeners. Created by pet professionals for pet professionals. And now, your host, Hey Joe's very own, Joe Zuccarello. What's up, everyone? Joe Zuccarello here, and welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast brought to you by Paragon School of Pet Grooming. Check out our site at paragonpetschool.com for lots of really cool information on a variety of programs, products, and to connect to educational resources such as webinars, podcasts, current events, special news, certifications, and lots of other helpful information to help you grow yourself, your team, and of course your business. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hey everyone, Joe Zuccarello, your host of the Hey Joe podcast, a podcast where you get to listen in on a conversation between myself and an industry expert. Thank you in advance for any questions that you might be submitting to the Hey Joe podcast. Remember, you can do that by submitting your questions to Hey Joe questions at paragonpetschool.com. This week, we're talking with Susan Briggs, one of my most respected pet professionals in the industry. Susan is the co-owner of an education company specializing in helping business owners and managers drive their business in pet services to new levels through safety, best practices and operations, community involvement, and professionalism. Her and the co-owner of, of her business named Robin are the gurus, if you would, of the pet services industry. In fact, that's the name of their business, the dog gurus. So go to paragonpetschool.com to learn more about Susan and to download the transcript of this podcast. And even better, go there to unlock the tools that Susan is making available to you, the Hey Joe listener audience, for free. So go there now and unlock those special goodies. Uh, Don't forget to also subscribe if you haven't already to this podcast in your favorite listening medium so that you're alerted to the new releases every week. Uh, Susan and I are going to be talking about her expertise and the experience that they have in the daycare and training world. Uh, We're going to be talking about methods to grow safe and prosperous pet services businesses, and you'll quickly see why her and her team are are regarded as the authority or the gurus on this topic. So, Let's get started with the interview with Susan. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Susan, thanks for jumping on another episode of the Hey Joe podcast today. My pleasure. I'm happy to be invited. Uh, I say another episode because we had Susan on a previous episode, uh, all focusing on adding pet services to your existing pet services business so that you can make more money. So uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, I'd recommend that you do, uh, filled with just a, just a ton of great information. And, uh, and, and I'm not going to necessarily kind of rehash the whole thing, but I'll tell you that you want to go there and listen to and pay attention to one of my new favorite words, enrichment. <laughs> so if you're wondering what that is, I'm not going to tell you. You have to go listen to the first podcast. But today, but today we are going to talk about something that uh, uh, affects all uh, 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 pet service providers when it comes to dogs, and that is interpreting canine body language. So, but before we get into that, uh, Susan, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and about the dog gurus, how you got started, uh, the, the 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 services you provide, and so on. Yeah, the dog gurus started. As, I'm a, a partner with Robin Bennett. She's a certified professional dog trainer, and Robin and I were 
a couple of the early pioneers offering dog daycare services um, way back when well, I'm not going to say how many years ago, but let me just <laughs> a long time ago, we're in Houston, Texas. I had to explain to people why they want to bring their dogs to doggy daycare. So that's how far we've come. <laughs> um, Robin was in Virginia. I was in Texas, but we shared this passion that daycare could be a great service for the dogs but it had to be done safely. And what we kind of learned was the keys to keeping dogs safe could be taught. And it was really based on canine body language. So we wrote our first book back in 2007, Off Leash Dog Play, A Complete Guide to Safety and Fun. And we kind of became the dog daycare experts um, teaching. The gurus. The gurus. Exactly. So in 2013, we just made it official and um, started the dog gurus and just kept going deeper into how to make dog daycare um, safe for the dogs, um, profitable for the business, and fun. Because it should be fun, but it's a lot of work. So any of you that have been around it know it can be a lot of work. So the dog gurus was there um, to kind of bring the fun back. And as we worked with our members, we found that making money at daycare could be challenging and making money in pet care could be challenging. So my background in accounting and kind of operations management, Robin was a logistics officer in the Marines. We've now expanded the dog gurus to also include, you know, business help to help pet businesses launch, grow and profit. But I'm excited today to get back kind of to our roots and where it all started and canine body language. I've always said, Joe, that this was kind of the, the sexy part of what I did in the pet industry versus the accounting and numbers side. So I'm excited to talk about it today. Well, you know, I think anything sexier than accounting. I would agree with you. Even like, you know, washing my car might be better than accounting and numbers. I mean, I now, know. I mean, you are talking to a dude who really likes to study the numbers and, 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 you know, there are several other topics we can go on for days on how much I believe that numbers tell a story and it's evidence that doesn't lie. And, you know, it's a temperature of the business, blah, blah, blah. But I will agree with you. This is kind of, when you talk about canine body language, one, it's extremely important that we, that we respect canine body language is probably the best word that I could uh, use. I've been around a lot, a lot of dog trainers in my career, and I've been around a lot of groomers. I've seen a lot of people get bit. I've seen a lot of injuries. Um, and one thing that a dog trainer taught me a long time ago, and if he's listening out there, thank you, Dave. But, uh, you know, he, he said, listen, if you get bit, you missed a sign. You missed something that the dog was trying to tell you. So um, let's maybe dive right in because I, I don't want somebody in the Hey Joe listener audience to, to miss a sign. So if, right. even if they pick up something and then later today or tomorrow, whenever they, after they've listened to this episode, they, they see that sign, they're going to be like, oh, I'm so glad I listened because you just don't know what you might have almost got yourself into. So a near miss, right? And I think sometimes... We're just a lot of lucky. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of luck on our side and, and you know, right. not just our quick cat-like reflexes, yeah. you know, when, when a strike happens, but uh, to pick up on it. Because you know what? If a dog is in that position, the dog's not happy either. No. And we really believe that it's not fair to get the dogs to the point where they have to bite to get their message across. Um, right. Right. So it's it's not about, it's not just about safety, but it's also about a pleasurable uh, 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 experience, 
while the pets are in entrusted in our care and such. So, Absolutely. Uh, and really, I think sometimes even pets are, are sometimes um, mishandled, mislabeled, uh, because we just didn't know how to interpret it. We're just going to slap a, a title on them, a label on them, and, and, and it might not be fair. So, uh, so let's jump right in. Uh, but, but I'm sorry, real quick, before we do, uh, if any of the Hey Joe listener audience out there, uh, you can subscribe to this episode. You can or subscribe to the, the podcast if you haven't already. You can submit questions that you might have after your or during your listening of this podcast that maybe you want some follow up on. You can do all of that by going to Hey Joe Questions at ParagonPetSchool.com. And uh, you can uh, simply email us to us or do, uh, the, do submit your uh, uh, questions through our, our, the form on this particular web page. So uh, let's talk about canine body language. You know, I, I titled this interpreting what they are, quote unquote, telling us. Right. So why, you know, when, when, when if somebody comes to you and, and, and or, or when maybe in the early times of that you're working with them at the dog gurus, why, why would you recommend that everybody in the pet industry learn this? canine body language, this, 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 and be able to translate it. Yeah, there's so many reasons, but you know, kind of the top ones, you know, it really does start with personal safety of everyone that works with dogs. Um, you don't want to get bit. It's not fun to get bit by a dog and it doesn't have to happen. So for personal safety reasons, and it also gives us that early warning sign that a dog is uncomfortable. And as pet professionals, I think it's important that we understand that and do what we can to make the dogs comfortable because that's going to improve your relationship. It's almost like when you understand canine body language, the dogs know you do and they just get this sigh of relief that, oh my God, I'm finally around people that get me. And it does so much to improve the relationship with all the dogs you work with, but then even your own personal dogs. And in the end, it makes providing whatever service you're responsible for so much easier. Yeah, you know, it, it, it takes that kind of burden off. I, and again, I, and I, I'm going to use an example, right? It's, it's interpreting what they're, it's translating what they're trying to tell us. Have you ever tried to, to, when there's a language barrier between two people from two different countries, two different cultures, you know, okay, somebody from Houston and somebody from Missouri. <laughs> That's right. Right. But, but sometimes, you know, there are those things and you're like, okay, it's, it's an extra challenge for me to have a, a, a solid relationship because sometimes I just truly don't understand what you're saying. And to, to, to providing services easier, improving your relationship, safety, all of those things, I can see exactly where that, where that comes into play. So how, 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 do, you, how do you make teaching canine body language easier like who needs to know it is it just the, the groomer is it the rest of the staff what what does that look like well Robert and I say I think everyone who works in a pet center needs to understand canine body language so yeah definitely the groomer and the groomers I think know this intuitively the issue is how do they communicate it and teach it to others if they even have time to do that so you know the bather even you know, the receptionist or anyone that interacts with dogs needs to understand it um, to stay safe and also make sure the dogs are comfortable. And so what Robin and I do and all of it started in our book, Off Leash Dog Play, but it's so applicable. We teach canine body language based on a traffic management signal, because what we really found is People get the green signals. We know when dogs are happy and relaxed and comfortable. 
And most of the times we also know those red signals, the ones that are true warning signs, um, the growls, the snarls, those are easy. What we really focus on is the yellow signals because when you understand the yellow, that's that early warning that a dog is becoming uncomfortable. And what we say is we wanna get the dog back to green. And then you know we talk about how you may do that. So it becomes a language that everybody in your center can use and understand and communicate with as well as understanding the dogs better. Uh, you know, uh, we, I've, always, I've often said that we are second graders. We're all just really big second graders, right? So making learning easy and here all of a sudden you're, you know, you're tying it. I mean, how much easier can it be than a traffic signal, right? So you've got red, yellow, green. However, I will tell you, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to add something and you can use it. I'll give you this. Okay. Right. Thank you. So you're welcome. Well, don't thank me yet. You might not like it. So, uh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, uh, you know, I happened to visit the uh, uh, Upper Peninsula of, of Michigan and met some just some really great people up there. But let's face it, I mean, some of those towns are really, really small. And, you know, you've heard of the one stop light town or the one stop sign town. There's a lot of them up there in the, in the Upper Peninsula. And I, I was up in this one town and I had to ask her directions to, to a particular point of interest that I was going to. And I asked a young lady and she said, okay, so you go down to the slowdown light and just beyond the slowdown light, you, you, the, the, the place you're looking for is on the right-hand side. And I looked at her and I'm like, slowdown light? <laughs> and she said, yeah, you know that yellow flashing light? And I'm like, oh, a slowdown light. So you know, when you and when all of a sudden you're talking about traffic signals and, and, and being a great way to kind of interpret behavior, I start thinking of yellow, not go very fast like most of us do, like in real traffic, right? But the, right. the yellow is a slowdown light. So, Absolutely. so uh, there you go. And maybe I love that. Yeah. So you can put that in there. That's what, what we call in, 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 in Hey Joe world, that's what we call a Joeism. So, okay. I like that Joeism <laughs> because, you know, really, you know, we kind of start when we're teaching um, body language with, you know, kind of these basic principles of our dogs is, you know, you want to go at the dog's pace, which usually is much slower than we want to go. And more space is a friend. Dogs like having space around them, you know, that kind of space bubble. Um, so that's perfect analogy. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Okay. So when, when you said really everybody recognizes the green, Everybody recognizes, or most people should recognize the red, right? But if the right. goal is to go from yellow to green, what are some of the yellow signals that are, uh, you know, that are easy to spot? Yeah, these are the ones that we kind of start with and um, help teach. Um, you know, and this may be true more of larger dogs. There's always exceptions to everything in our dogs. But, you know, when a, you know, your lab is, at home and relaxed, they usually have an open mouth, um, you know, just kind of slightly open. And then when they close the mouth, you know, so that, op that close, open to close mouth is a signal that something's gotten their attention. Um, lip licking, we see that a lot when, you know, dogs are trying to figure things out or they're a little bit uncomfortable to stop lip licking. Yawning, our dogs are not as tired as we may think they are. You know, yawns is, is one kind of a, a stress signal. Sometimes these yellows are also called stress or calming signals. Um, there's a look away with the dogs in an environment, seeing something they're uncomfortable, feeling pressure, you know, they may turn their head and, and look away. Or the half moon eye, where you're beginning to see the whites of the eye that you don't normally see. And stiffening. Um, 
when they, they're no longer in that relaxed, loose muscles, they stiffen up a little bit. And sometimes to reset, we'll see our dogs do like a shake off. I mean, in grooming, you see a lot after they're wet, but a dry shake off is often just kind of that release or reset when a dog needs to release, you know, some stress. You know, I don't know that I would have ever thought of lip licking as a yellow sign. So, yeah. uh, you know, what, let's unpack that one for a minute. So what, uh, what would cause that? What, I mean, what, what is that? I don't know. I don't even know what really question to ask, but I, yeah. you, you kind of caught me by that one. Uh-huh. Well, kind of with, um, if you think about even ourselves and how we respond to something that's unfamiliar with us to our dog they see the world as things that are familiar or unfamiliar so every time they go to a new place it's unfamiliar they have to get used to it and so their response when something is unfamiliar or they're not sure and they're evaluating it is kind of that just you know i don't know if they're getting some kind of sense from the air with the lip licking but an easy thing to try is you can, you know, kind of say, okay, I'm magical and can read dogs. We love to hug and kiss our dogs, but our dogs truly don't love it. And I only recommend you do this with your own dog who knows you well. <laughs> That's but probably I, a good idea. Yeah, I have done this. And I, I can hug my dog that has lived with me for six or seven years, and you will see a lip lick. Really? Probably a closed mouth lip lick. I would bet 99 times out of 100. All right, I'm so hugging uh, Vinny when I get home and yeah. watching him do this. And yeah. it's just that they tolerate a lot from us, but it doesn't mean they love it. And so it's just a little momentarily like, okay, yeah, mom, I know you love to hug me and I'll let you, but this is not my favorite thing to do in the world. Wow. And so it is just kind of a um, stress response and it may actually help calm them down. And you will see sometimes some of these stress signals other dogs can use back to dogs as a calming signal it's pretty fascinating and we as humans can do that too with some of them like a a yawn if you yawn or you can kind of give calming signals back to a dog again that's where they'll go oh my gosh this human gets me i'm so happy and you start to communicate all right so my very first tip to all of the pet professionals out there take an extra half a second to observe because I think sometimes we get so busy and we yeah. get so keyed up and so tied up, which probably is also a stressor, right? So yeah. if we're stressed, we're going to naturally pass that along to the pets, which sort of sounds like a no brainer. And everybody's like, yeah, duh, Joe. Right. But okay, guys, that's why I have Susan on the line here. But, but you know, I'm captain obvious sometimes, but, I'll, but the, the yawning part and the lip licking, I mean, some of these things are, are surprises to me. So if maybe if, if there's a recommendation I can give is just slow down just a, a half a second and, and be observant what's going on around you with the, with the pets, with the pet's behavior. Uh, right. And, it's kind of and, like having a conversation with a pet. I mean, when we're having conversation, you and I, we pause, listen, and then respond. And I think when we work with pets, a lot of times we skip that pause and listen, which is really the observation of the body language because they can adjust very quickly. They may just need a moment to say, okay, now I'm on this table. Is it going to move? Am I safe? How are they going to approach me and handle me? I need a minute to adjust to this before you start, you know, picking up my feet and trimming my nails. Right. I, I'd Do be okay with that, but give me a minute or give yeah, me a second. 
And I may be okay with one thing, but uncomfortable with the next. I might actually be okay with you trimming my nails, but I'm not comfortable being in a loud environment. We just don't know. So talking about the different environments where they're at then. So, so where, where might the professional pet groomer out there, where might they see these signals, these yellow signals uh, during, let's say a professional uh, 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 grooming services, a day at the salon or a day at the spa? Well, you know, as we talked about, you know, to the dog, things are familiar or unfamiliar. So if you have a first time dog visiting you that's never been to a grooming salon or to your grooming salon before, it may start right when the pet walks in the door with the parent because they're unsure, it's unfamiliar. Even dogs that have been there before, now they may have an association with what's going to happen now that I'm here. And we know some pets aren't loving the grooming process, even though it's necessary. So it can start when you're taking that pet from the parent. You sh and that's why we feel like your client relations and reception staff should also understand the body language. And again, it is slowing down going at the dog's pace to make sure that transfer is done safely. Um, definitely removing um, dogs from the enclosures. That's a safe place. So if they're comfortable there and now they you know you're going to come get them out, again, watch for signals. Some of them may not want to come out right away. Um, handling paws and nail trims, um, we often see it. It can also happen if, you're ha if dogs have mats or tangles and you're brushing them out. That's kind of from, you know, actual physical pain um, and being uncomfortable. You know, starting the bath process, putting in the tub, drying. I mean, almost anything um, everywhere in the process, I think you can see signals come up. Well, and you know, at, at the Paragon School of Pet Grooming, one of the, the, the basic pet handling uh, tips that we, that we point out, uh, that, we, that, we, that we teach in our school, whether it's in the on-campus curriculum or, or on, uh, 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 on our distance learning program, or even on our sister offering, our sister brand, which is LearnToGroomDogs.com, one of those that we teach quite often is taking a, a, the pet from the pet parent. And uh, uh, we probably don't even key them in as to maybe seeing how the pet is behaving. What are some of these yellow signals, right? That the pet is, is, is uh, uh, showing us before we would even possibly even make the mistake of taking the pet from the pet parent, you know, straight out of their arms or whatever. Um, there's, there's, there's kind of a story to be told before you even consider doing that. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's, those are, those are all great things. How do you, how do you know, Okay, so obviously if our goal is to take yellow to green, how do you know when yellow is going to red? Yeah, that's the million dollar question, <laughs> isn't it? Gosh, um, it's what we kind of look at, and again, things can happen really fast. So when we teach canine body language, we start with still pictures, then we go to slow motion video, and then we go to real time video. And it is amazing what you can see in slow motion video that we don't see with the eye. You really have to train your eye to see all this. Um, so we start with looking at kind of the number of signals they're giving. Are you seeing, you know, that closed mouth with lip licking and a look away half moon eye. So as you stack more signals together, the dog's saying, okay, I am really ready to get over the top. Um, some signals are, and also how long have these signals been going on? Is it, you know, the dog was showing signals when they arrived in the lobby, still showing them in the enclosure, and then again, still on the table. And if that is, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, 
it's kind of like you, how long have you been in stress? Your fuse is going to be shorter. So it could go to reds. But if they get into the enclosure and they relax and you see those signals, that would help. And then there is, can be kind of escalation of signals, like stacking a lot on top. Stiffening is, I think, the one to probably really watch um, because when a dog is stiffening, they don't have any relax. And then the next um, signals could definitely be red. So in the groom environment and professional pet care, stiffening is one of the um, most, what I would say, kind of escalation, higher signals that I'm really not happy. And if you think about, we do that as well. Once you get kind of really tense, you know how much that's taken and it's real easy to just explode, just to let it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a release of pressure, right? So right. It's, it's, but so if, if you're looking at these signals, so if you're looking at an escalation of signals, then is it, is it, I don't know, is, is it the best to then try to maybe look at things through their eyes? So to kind of absorb the, the stimuli that's happening around them as if you were them, maybe seeing things from their eyes and having that perspective, does that help? Oh my gosh, it does. I love when, people think about, okay, if I'm this dog, what am I, what's going on in my world that's upsetting me? And for every dog, it'll be different. So I love that. That's a, a great tip, Joe, to view the environment from the dog's eyes. And maybe a small dog is going to be seeing things differently than a large dog just because of the size difference. And, you know, being able to set up like enclosures, maybe just moving them to where they're seeing something different or hearing something different trying to create that environment to be more calming. Even the colors that you use in your environment can make a difference. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, for those dogs that tend to escalate or get labeled aggressive, we'll put something red there. Well, red as a color just escalates. What you want to do is do like a light blue, calming colors, um, love music, you know, aromatherapy, anything that's calming will help de-escalate these yellow signals so when when so what is so what's the recommendation then so and let me go back a half a step yeah if i was eight inches tall i would probably have a, a much different perspective than six feet tall i mean yeah. everybody else is a giant right so i mean how intimidating is that and and and, and when you talk about your environment Put yourself in a, 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 I know that there are people that just really cannot stand crowds. You know, I look right. at some of those uh, rallies that happen after, you know, your hometown team wins a, a Stanley Cup like the St. Louis Blues did this year. And I know I'm not supposed to say that and keep these things evergreen, but yay, Blues. Anyway, but I, I saw there were a the half million people in a, you know, half mile square block. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> uh, you weren't going to see Joe Zuccarello there at all um, because I, I, I really don't feel like being shoulder to shoulder with people. I have to travel all the time and, you know, I have to deal with tight airplane seats and, you know, in tight quarters that way um, because I have to, but I'm not going to voluntarily put myself in that position. So to your point, improve their environment, right? But what are some other recommendations uh, that, that, that you might make to turning yellow back to green or at least not escalating? Yeah, one of my favorite is treats, and I know that there's a lot of issues about, you know, allergies and <clears throat> sensitivities, <clears throat> excuse me, 
But one of the things I love about treats is it does kind of give you a read on the level of stress that a dog is in at that moment. Because again, if they're too stressed and not taking a treat, that's pretty high. We definitely want to get it down um, to a lower level. If the dog will take treats, then that's okay. They're not too stressed. And let's see if maybe if they can associate something good with this um, process, it will help them maybe never like it, but tolerate it because at least I'm getting something good from it. Um, so we're big proponents of treats. If you can't use treats, then you know what? We can use our own praise and pleasant touching. You know, most of our pet dogs, you know, have some places they like, you know, to be scratched. Find those favorite, favorite places. You know, praise them. They've been a good, good dog for letting you do that. Um, again, it's taking a moment to slow down and follow up something stressful with something good and see if you can get back to that green um, body language. And sometimes all you have to do is stop and take a pause. Again, let the dog catch up, you know, see if you can get some green language before you, you start back into something that's gonna make them uncomfortable. And sometimes if you just try a different holder approach, you may find that, okay, that's more comfortable for this dog. So those are, you know, some of the things that, um, I think a lot of groomers do this very naturally, but that's kind of the thing. They don't know what they're doing that makes them successful and why someone else is struggling. So, uh, so a couple things. One thing is I just want to remind the Hey Joe listener audience of who we're talking to. This is Susan Briggs with the Dog Gurus. Uh, their website is thedoggurus.com. So uh, you're just getting literally not even the tip of the iceberg of these guys, <laughs> this team's expertise by listening to Susan today. But we're talking about canine body language and trying to translate or interpret what these pets are telling us so that we put ourselves uh, out of harm's way uh, uh, more often and uh, we're not relying on luck or, or uh, uh, positive happenstance to keep us from getting injured or providing a, a negative experience for the pets. So, uh, but as, so, you know, you had just kind of went through a, a really great uh, list and I'm sure it's just, again, just a beginning list of what we could do different to, to kind of de-escalate a situation, maybe taking these yellow signs uh, back down to green or at least keep them from escalating. And I couldn't help but kind of chuckle inside and uh, that I read all of this and I think, well, heck, these things work for people too. <laughs> You know, I mean, for some of our, for some of our Hey Joe listener audience out there, you know, you might be the manager of the pet salon. You might be the owner of the pet salon. Um, yeah. Okay. You might, you might deescalate situation if you offer your teammates treats, <laughs> right? I mean, Hey, a good pizza lunch goes a long way, right? Um, I would not recommend pleasant touching. So that's probably, <laughs> that's probably an exception here. So you heard it here. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, stop doing what you're doing for a brief moment. Sometimes even if all this is, is just to calm yourself, right? I, you know, calming yourself really does probably calm the dog from what I, I've learned from the dog gurus and, you know, trying a different hold or approach, you know, just, uh, uh, this is where education becomes so important because there's, you know, uh, Melissa Verplank, the founder of Paragon School of Pet Grooming has often said that there's no black and white in dog grooming. There might be 10 different totally acceptable ways to get to a beautiful finished product, but you might have to employ a different technique or a different uh, uh, approach to grooming. Well, you might have to do that also when it comes to, to handling a pet, uh, uh, using safety tools. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, sometimes a muzzle is necessary. Absolutely. And, some, and, and so let me ask you a question, fact or fiction. 
I'm going to put you on a spot here. It's not something okay. we in our show prep, but I think you can handle it. Fact okay. or fiction, sometimes a muzzle is settling to a dog. I think for some dogs it, it can be, yes. And again, the body language will tell you. Okay. Some yeah, dogs I've heard that sometimes and I, yeah, I've heard it sometimes and I'm like, mm, I don't know, is it or is it not? Yeah. Um, and there are kind of pressure points, you know, in the body and sometimes the way, uh, like that's how the gentle leader works. That head collar mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, pressure points um, that help calm the dog. Yeah. So and just, I, but yeah. I would read the rest of the body language to know for sure. Yeah. And, and again, you know, no one technique stands on its own, right? I mean, no one yeah. technique of communicating or translating what two people uh, are discussing in a relationship. And, and, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I like to try to bring a lot of real life examples to the table, you know, to the, to the, uh, uh, to the surface. And the number one reason for challenges or even failures in relationships is communication. Right. So, well, I don't know, maybe one thing I'm learning from you is that sometimes maybe the number one failure of uh, a successful experience with a pet could be improper methods of communication. Right. You know, I've been studying dogs, canine body language for close to 20 years, and I still learn new things when I step back and truly just observe their communication, especially between each other. I find it fascinating um, and I'm still learning. They have so much to teach us. You know, that's an interesting, uh, an interesting tip. I don't know that I've ever, I mean, you watch them during maybe some group play times and things like that, but uh, uh, you said that they can actually sometimes send calming signals from dog to dog. Like maybe it's two grooming tables in the same grooming sure. salon. Sure. Yeah. That just fascinates me. It does. They, they are so wise. And I think, you know, being coming from the off-leash play environment where we do a lot of assessments where you're introducing dogs to each other that don't know each other, you see so many signals and behaviors that are just fascinating as far as dogs that know. We had this one dog that no dog would go up and approach. And it was like, we couldn't see what it was, but you trust the other dogs to tell you that there was something going on, that they knew this dog did not want them to get close. And these were dogs that we'd seen do, you know, tens of even maybe a hundred evaluations, all of them stayed clear. And there were no obvious red signals going on. This was all being done with yellow. It was, it, I, it blows my mind. That's why I, I just love observing dogs communicate. They're much wiser about it than we are. So, okay. While we're sharing stories, I have to tell you this one and, and maybe an offline conversation, maybe you can offer me some tips, but I, uh, one of our, one of our businesses uh, that Melissa Verplank has is Whiskers Pet Resort and Spa up here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh -huh. And I was meeting with the, uh, uh, the leader of that tank, uh, that team, a really special lady named Rebecca. She's just awesome. And her team is incredible. Uh, but one of her team members who works there has this uh, medium-sized uh, black short-haired dog. I, I, you know, I, I'm sure you know it's. It, it, I, I don't even know the the breed origin or several breeds origin of this particular uh, uh, dog. But it is amazing to watch when the when the staff member, when the team member, when she brings this dog into the building. I don't care if there are dogs that are on the other side of the building 
the place lights up like a Christmas tree. Um, it, it, all of the guest dogs, all of the dogs that are there for daycare or, or lodging or grooming, what is that presence that one dog could send through the, uh, like a ripple effect through a facility? It's, it's, I'm, I, you know what, in my 30 plus years of being in this industry, I don't think I've ever seen something like this. Yeah. And it's, that's fascinating. I'd love to observe him and the other dogs. You can learn a lot from the body, watching the body, body language of the other dog. And we teach that for off leash play, you know, it's like, is play appropriate? Well, the way you know is, what we say, look at the body language of maybe the victim dog, the one that's in the more submissive posture, like the one that's below if they're doing wrestling play or the one that's being chased if there's a chase game. Read that dog's body language to see how the other dogs are responding to the behavior of the aggressor. So I would love to see what is the body language of the other dogs around that dog and also that dog's language. That's you need to videotape that for me, Joe, and send it to him. You know what? I will do that. that challenge accepted. I will, okay. I will do that for you because it's, it's just going to blow your mind. I, okay. I, again, I'm just befuddled by it. It's just See, amazing. And that's, that's where we still learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, so, so, okay. So let's talk about still learning. So, so um, I'm not proud of this, but I have been uh, a witness to not a participant, but I've been a witness to being in, you know, in my career, I've, I've uh, had an opportunity to work with, gosh, I, it's gotta be thousands of pet professionals along the way. And I've been in hundreds of pet care facilities and I've seen groomers wrestle dogs as if it is a, uh, it's a competition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they wrestle the dogs down onto the table. Sometimes there's two people holding a dog down so that they can do the nails or, you know, just because you and, and the dog gurus and myself and all of the awareness that we're bringing to the, to the listener audience, just because we're bringing the awareness and offering tips doesn't necessarily give you a license to, to, Oh, now that I recognize this, now I know how to act on it. Um, uh, but I've seen, I've seen that fight go on in grooming salons before. What do you say if to the pet professionals out there? I know it's an extreme case, but guy, everybody knows it happens, and and it's 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 unfortunate. But what do you say if there's a dog's behavior that we pick up on the signs, and maybe we see it staying at yellow, maybe it's escalating to red, and there's just not a whole lot we can do for that pet, uh, given our skill level. What do you what do you recommend in that case? I think the humane. Um, response is to have a discussion with a pet parent as to why it's not safe for the staff and it's really not emotionally good for the dog to pursue completing the service. I think it's okay to say no and give the reasons why. I think as pet professionals we have a responsibility you know to keep ourselves and our staff safe and then I think we also have an obligation to the pet parents to help educate so they understand their dog's behavior and to be honest about the behavior. And just think about emotionally what that's doing to that dog. Um, think about if you were in, you know, didn't like having your hair cut and so we had to strap you into the chair and hold you down and sit on you so you could get a haircut. How, what does that do to you emotionally? And I think as pet professionals, we should not be causing 
emotional harm to any pet in our care. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, give help to the other professionals. I mean, don't leave the pet parent hanging. Um, there are options. I mean, I, I think sedation to get things done is not good on an ongoing basis, but short term that might help. But that's where we need to bring in good behavior professionals who have a positive approach mm-hmm. and let them help. Um, but that's kind of my bias. I love, you know, the, some of my trainer friends say the slower you go, the faster you'll get there. You know, the positive approach, you know, sometimes has that reputation of being slow, but you know what? Emotionally it, I think is better for the dogs, which is what we're all about. And I think sometimes as professionals, we need to know where our limits are and say no. Right. So, so let's talk about what are the dog gurus all about? Because then I know that the, the Hey Joe listener audience is kind of sitting on the edge of their seat because they know the Hey Joe listener audience, our, our, our affiliates and our, our podcast guests are always bringing something really cool and very valuable, uh, uh, exclusive to our, to our audience. And I know you're going to get to that, but before you do that, so for everybody out there, just what you're talking about is find the experts, find people that know more than you do. Always be, you know, always, always seek out education at Paragon. You know, you've often heard me say, and we throw around the term education is everything. So at the dog gurus, you have these tracks that pet professionals can, can participate in to help broaden their skill sets. Um, talk to us just a, a briefly about what those are and how they might help our, our audience. Great. We um, definitely agree. We're built on education. And so for, you know, the pet business owners, we have tracks that help them launch, grow and profit. But, you know, going back to our core, we started with teaching canine body language and safe play. And so we also have great resources to help train staff that work in professional pet care. So right now we do have Knowing Dogs um, 101, which teaches you know, basic canine body language and safe handling to, we feel everyone that works in the center should go through that program. It's, we have it online. And then we also have 201 for um, staff that are in um, doing daycare and play groups that goes into more how to safely manage and lead play groups. And we're kind of building on our knowing dogs program and um, launching pet guru college very soon. We're going to, actually going to expand the um, knowledge base and tools that we have to train staff because we know with busy pet care business owners, that's hard to do to fight the time. So we want to help you make it easy on the core knowledge that will help you keep dogs safe, understand dogs um, and have healthy pets in your centers, which is our goal. Well, so, and, and so what's really, what I like about that is that not only do you serve the business owner, or manager, but you also serve the the staff and the team as well. So at no matter what level our Hey Joe listener audience member audience member might be, you have a solution that can help them. And and because you provide services and assistance of both uh, levels, they they work hand in glove with one another. So that if maybe we've got a a, a pet professional out there who is. Uh, uh, looking at starting their career, maybe they're looking at branching off and going into their own business, you have something that they can take advantage of. And if, you know, I, gosh, I wish that I had that kind of resource. I've often said that my, my greatest uh, or my most difficult 
uh, part of ever being in the pet industry was when I was a young manager and I had staff that I was in charge of leading, but I didn't have the tools to keep them as safe as what I wanted to. So if, if you find yourself out there in the, in the, in the audience, uh, if that feels or, or, or sounds familiar, uh, I, I urge you to give uh, the dog gurus a look. Okay, so Susan, yes. what is it? I mean, we're talking about canine body language and the, the traffic signals and traffic signal management and kind of boiling it down to our, to our inner second grader. Uh, <laughs> what is it, what is it that, uh, based on, on some of that information, what is it that uh, the dog gurus is making available to the Hey Joe listener audience? Well, we have this really cool set of posters to where we have pictures and describe um, some of the body language that's green, yellow, and red. Three different posters. Um, we have full-size posters, but we also have um, digital versions of this poster set. And that's what we're going to offer to all the Hey Joe listeners is um, free copies of the digital version of our Canine Body Language poster set. That is really cool. You know why I think that's cool? One, if you're just a standalone business, you're going to learn something for it. And it's what a, what a great visual reminder of what it is that you, you, you heard about today. But if you do have a team that works with you and, or, or, or that work for you, these are things that are easily identifiable. Again, channeling our inner second grader. We like, everybody likes to have that, that picture version of, of a learning experience and you can't get any more simple than that. Susan, that's, that's huge. Um, in fact, I might, uh, uh, we might, uh, uh, look at using something like that at the Paragon school of pet grooming. So I definitely want to take you up and, and, uh, uh, get that in front of our students, uh, as soon as possible as well. What a great, great offer. What a great tool. Um, I recommend that all of you, uh, uh, Hey Joe listener audience members go out to the paragonpetschool.com website. Uh, you can hop right into this episode page under the Hey Joe podcast. Uh, I want to thank Susan, uh, for joining us today and, 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 and helping our audience stay even more safe by being able to interpret canine body language. And I, I especially want to thank our audience out there because, again, this podcast thrives on the questions that we receive from our listener audience. It's really easy to send in those questions. You can do it by emailing heyjoequestions at paragonpetschool.com, and you might just hear your topic discuss with an industry expert in the near future. Please share this podcast uh, with other industry friends and coworkers and teammates, family, friends, whoever you think uh, would, would find it enjoyable to listen to, but definitely who would benefit by it. So thank you again, Susan, for just a wealth of knowledge. And again, um, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I, I just really can't wait to to hear the success stories, not only for the dog gurus, congratulations, by the way, on dog Gurus University. That's awesome. I can't wait to learn more about that. Uh, but also all of the ways that people are going to stay safe and service the pet parents and the pets even more in the future. So thank you again. My pleasure.